is the moment you've all been waiting for. DC and RC. Welcome to a brand new episode of DC. Louisiana. It's DC and RC. Hailing from Aurora, Louisiana. It's fight night. Catch a right hook in your right eye. Change how you look. Daniel, come again. And Ryan Clark, the champs are here. With battle scars, it's warfare. Louisiana's in the air. From the railroad to Lafayette to Los Angeles to Times Square. I could go one show without you going, I'm a Super Bowl champ. When the mic's on, it's showtime. DC and RC, we win in Super Bowls and Emmys. And Daniel got two belts around the belly. Oh, USC history! Hey, I'm DC, two division champ. I ran the UFC. Cause we asking all, all the tough questions. This guy's the worst, I see. I don't know how you can do a show with DC, you broke my heart. This is MMA, mixed martial all stars. And we bout that grind and pound, so be on guard. And we going round for round, cause we want it all. But there can only be one in the octagon. DC and RC, DC and RC, DC and RC, ESPN, tune in to see. Today is actually RC and DC because Daniel Cormier is in the house that Steve Sable built. That's right. We are at NFL Films in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Now you could go. Where hell? I mean, there's no sunlight in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. It's depressing in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Hey, look, they asked me. Why do a show with Ryan Clark? What is Ryan Clark? This is why you get important friends, and then you get to go and do important and cool stuff. So now I'm at NFL Studios because I'm friends with Ryan Clark. Guys, today on the show, Ryan and I will talk about all the big news, Dana White announcing the big fights to start yeah. next year. We also get in the UFC 295 this weekend from the Mecca, Madison Square Garden. We do the top moments in Madison Square Garden history, and as always, we tap in or we tap out. But RC, like I said... I'm at NFL Studios today. I was on Inside the NFL with my guy. Bro, we were so fired up to have you on the show, but it looks like you got a fight coming up. Did hey. Dana White announce the Daniel Cormier-Chad Johnson matchup? He said you got to come down, <laughs> right? You got to fight him at light heavyweight. Yeah, no. And he also told me today, we were talking after the show, yeah. he said it would be impossible for you to take him down. Hey, Ocho, because you know Ocho was a state wrestling champion, and opted out of competing at the World Championships in the Olympic Games, is what he told me. <laughs> well, wait, he, he also told you he was the wrestling. <laughs> wrestling. The wrestling. In 1978. <laughs> that dude be lying. He be lying so bad. You finally met somebody that lies as much as you do. Dude, I finally found someone. You found your person. But I don't lie. I just tell the truth. Because guess what? A lot of times on the show, you and I are talking, and I say stuff like, well, this could potentially happen, this could potentially happen. And a lot of times, those things kind of come to fruition. Because you have, and we say it all the time, <laughs> Dana White privilege. There is no UFC fighter that has benefited from being lovable <laughs> the way that you have. But, bro, some of these fights that Dana White just announced to start off 2024 are absolutely phenomenal. You know, when we do Matchmaker, last time we did Matchmaker in one of our meetings, and I told you a few fights, and yesterday Dana made some of these fights official. Let's see what they were. I already told you. <laughs> Stop lying so much. What's up, guys? I'm going to hit you with three more pay-per-view headliners. In January, we're doing Sean Strickland versus Dreykus Duplessis. In February, 
We're doing Volkanovski versus Toporia. And in March, we're doing O'Malley versus Vera. Busting into the new year with some fun fights. Let me tell you something. To start the year, the UFC's on fire again, just like it ended the year mm -hmm. earlier. But you got Strickland Duplessis. You got Pennington versus Myra Boyne Silva. Volkanovski versus Ilya Taporia, and we have Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Vera, too. Ryan, when you look at this schedule, Man. there are great fights, but which one of these fights excites you the most you when know, you think about I, watching? I, I hate to say that it seems this is going to be the one that's furthest away for us, mm -hmm. but Sean O'Malley, Chito Vera. You just like this dude. I, 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 I like Sean O'Malley, but I love Chito Vera as well. And to me, it's, it's something about fights having a personal feel yes. to them. Like, it, it's your business, right? And there were fights that I watched you walk into and you were going out to do a job. Yep. But it's a different level of intensity where there's actually some emotion linked to the fight. And when you look at these two dudes, there's some bad blood. You know what's crazy about that emotion? And I'll get back to the point. But when there's bad blood, People tap in. One thing that we yes. haven't done as a fight sport, we haven't really tapped into the urban community as strongly as you would want as, a, as an organization. When Jones and I fought, I was in Newark, New Jersey, mm -hmm. and people were just kind of walking up to me because they tapped in because of the emotion. Yeah. This one has that same yes, type of bro. emotion. Yes. So it makes the random fan kind of tap into the fight, watch the fight, mm -hmm. and want to see what happens when these two guys get the opportunity to settle the score. Because as, even right from when we were on playgrounds, when two dudes didn't like each other, everybody was like, y'all meet at 4 o'clock. Let's yeah, do a fight. You want, you want to see it settled. And, and, and that's a different feel around those type of fights because it, it gets away from being about the round. Yes. Right? We want to watch it and say, man, Sean O'Malley whipped Cheeto or Cheeto whipped Sean O'Malley. We don't care what the scorecards say, right? We want to see two dudes come out and actually go after each other. And I think that's what we're going to get in this fight. And if you don't get it, it's a letdown. Can Cheeto Vera, if Cheeto Vera beats Sean O'Malley, right, is it just that he has his number? Because Sean O'Malley has looked unbelievable against everybody else, but, but in Cheeto fight. But, but it can be, though, right, DC? Think about how many times we've seen fighters that we deem as better fighters or fighters that we think could be longer-lasting or longer-reigning champions that get beat by guys and we go, oh, that shouldn't happen. Like, think about Israel Adesanya and Sean Strickland. When we look at Sean Strickland, I don't think there is anyone you could poll that goes, Sean Strickland is a better fighter than mm -hmm. Israel Adesanya. But that night, the matchup, that night, the stylistic uh, pairing, it made for a great fight that Sean Strickland was able to dominate. I think it could be the same thing here. But, man, Sean O'Malley just seems to be one of those rising and shooting stars that has a, 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 a trajectory that's out of the stratosphere. And this is the fight for him, at least in my opinion, that's bigger than fighting the next opponent. It's bigger mm -hmm. than fighting Morab because the storyline around it, to me, makes it a destination viewing for fighting. Yeah, it's going to be a great fight. There's another... I mean, obviously, I'm excited about all of them. I thought Drake's Duplessis was not going to get the title fight once he turned on Izzy. I thought he'd have to fight somebody else. But when Hamza Chimaev got hurt, obviously, he's in this position. And he's letting people know it. So he's making fun of Izzy and his team. But the one to me that I'm very interested in is... Watching Alexander Volkanovsky come back and fight Ilya Taporia. Yes, yes. We talked about Alex and his issues that you spoke so eloquently about how you deal with the emotions and not having a purpose. Mm -hmm. Volk wanted to come back in January. Obviously, he's pushed back to February a little bit now, right? He's got to wait a little bit. But how does he bounce back after getting beaten the way that he did against a guy 
that would seem to have a style mm -hmm. that could present some problems for him. Yes, Taporia is very tough. He's very durable. And he hasn't been beat. Mm -hmm. And I think that is probably what makes him so dangerous. Because when a guy doesn't know how to lose RC, yes. you got to teach him how to get beat. Yeah, but, but what happens when that guy starts losing? Right? You're talking about a guy that doesn't know how to lose. It's also a guy that hasn't lost yep. or, or, or maybe hasn't been losing. So what about when you do step into the octagon with Alexander Volkanovsky and you, realize, you may realize, hold on, this is a step up. But that's a, a hold but that, up. This but, is a different level. But that's the beauty in going in there undefeated, right? When I was undefeated fighting Jones, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to be able to compete with him mm -hmm. because you have a, a bit of a Superman uh, mm -hmm. type of view of yourself. Mm -hmm. Then when it starts to turn, you're either going to grow from it and be right. better or you're going to falter. But going in there with that conflict, but do you grow I'm from it? But DC, do you grow from it that, in night, that night, in that moment? In though? that moment. Because, because that's what says whether or not I can win that fight. You may get, get home and be done or sitting in the locker room and yep. you could take lessons from the L, but while you're fighting, when you, when you first get that adversity, can you grow in that moment to win? You know what the craziest thing about that, and I can only relate this to personal experience, and with Ilya Taporia, we're going to see a lot of the same things. Ilya Taporia is a guy that has coaches that have been there. What they have not seen, though, is him get beat. They have not seen him really struggle. How do those coaches respond? Mm -hmm. Because for me, I was so dominant heading into the Jones fight that when it started to turn... Everybody was a bit, we all got flustered. Mm -hmm. I'm asking questions. Am I winning? How am I doing? What's going on? Right. And they're, they're, the, 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 the message isn't direct. But then when I fought Rumble and he dropped me. Yeah. And I was like, did I win that round? They're like, we're just going to give it to him. It was calm. It was, but they had never seen me we struggle. We had learned. We had it. learned. Yeah. Right? But we went through the loss to learn. How does Taporia, if he does start to deal with some of the struggles, yeah. how does he adjust and how does his team adjust to make sure that he stays locked in but when you look at this kid skill for skill yeah dude's as good as they come dc it's, it's funny you mentioned that i remember when i got to the league and they started talking about making adjustments right and they and, and they would always say they would always say in high school you make the adjustment the next week in college yeah. you make the adjustment the next half in the league you make the adjustment the next play yeah. and if you don't you get beat it's sort of that way as well and i just saw a video of Bud Crawford when he was fighting mm -hmm. Sean Porter. And I think oh, he might have been ahead on the cards, but his, his corner says he's winning. And he's like, wait, what you wait, mean? What? Uh, then he started looking around yeah. asking people. Yeah, he's like, wait, I'm, I'm losing? And they say, yeah, like, like he's up. And he stands up and he goes, okay. And then he proceeds to drop him, right, and win the fight. Like, those, th there are those sorts of champions who can make those adjustments. And I think, but I think that's the difference between this, DC. That's the difference between being a champion and being undefeated. Yes, but that's the thing, saying? though. But the reason Bud Crawford can make that adjustment is because he's an undefeated champion. Right. He doesn't know how to lose. You tell him he's losing, he goes and he gets it done. <laughs> right. Can Ilya Taporia do that against who is considered one of the greatest pound for pound fighters we have ever seen? Yeah. But, again, it goes back to this. Alexander Volkanovsky's never been finished like that before. Yeah. He's never lost like that before. Now, if we know Volk, right? He's a friend of our show. He comes on all the yeah. time. He's very gracious with his time. He will make the necessary adjustments and look like Alexander Volkanovsky the right. next time he walks back into the octagon. But, boy, that has to leave some lingering memories when you step back in there. Yeah, but, D.C., you know, when you finally did lose, it led to you becoming a two-division champion. 
well, I lost again. Yeah, right. You lost right? again. When but... I lost again, that is when my mindset changed completely. Yeah. I was like, because I got finished. Yeah, I yeah. I got finished, right? I got we, finished in the but, second but, but we saw that with Alexander Volkanovsky, right? Like, he's been, he, he's been finished now. And I also think, too, for... Like when you win all the time, yeah, right, and 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 it starts to become easy. It had to become easy, dude. That's why Alexander. he was looking for challenge. Yeah, yeah, for Alexander Volkanovsky. Like even like you lose to Islam, but it wasn't a fight where you were overwhelmed. Sure, no, it is. Yeah, they, oh, the first the time. first time. Yes, yeah, but yes. like, like like you don't feel you don't leave the Islam fight going. Okay, I'm not the fighter I thought I was. You actually probably leave the Islam fight going. I'm better. I'm better than I thought I was. And so now that you've been knocked out and and in, in that sort of fashion that quickly, I think it sort of sort of sort of makes you tighten up the screws yeah. and say, okay, I'm not invincible. Yeah. You know, it, it it can happen. Could you imagine if he turns into like, I gotta be like completely on my game because I don't want nothing to happen. How good Alexander yeah, Volkanovski you know I mean? can be. And but like we're talking about the Islam. KO, the, the head kick of Alexander Volkanovsky, but he was one dude that wasn't mentioned by Dana White. And so when you look at the fights that have been scheduled, what do you think's up next for the pound-for-pound pound champion or pound-for-pound pound who you think is the best in the world? Um, it's I, not happening. I don't know. I'm not saying he's fighting Conor, bro. I'm not doing that again. I'm not doing that again. I've got so much stuff for that. People all in my comments... Bro, oh, yeah. honestly, it changed the dynamic of the show. <laughs> I'm actually the two-division yes. champ now. They, 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 they treat like, me... Man, we love that Ryan Thorne. <laughs> DC, get out of here, man. I'm like, they treat me crazy. like I'm a UFC Hall of Famer. <laughs> it is crazy. He, let me see. All right. If I had to guess... All right, now this is just a guess, right? Throwing something at the wall. Um, I would say he'd fight Charles Oliveira. And uh, going back to Saudi Arabia in March... Yeah, makes sense. You know, it makes sense. I think that's possible. I don't I don't know that. You know it. <laughs> I don't know that for sure. Jake, just, <laughs> you know he knew that, Jake. I don't know that for sure. I don't I'm know. If the, 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 does the God Mike even open up this early? UFC, the whole fight night in Saudi Arabia on March 2nd will be the first ever event in Saudi Arabia. Yes, I think that would seem to be an ideal situation for him to defend his championship. Okay, so who's going to headline and co-headline co UFC 300? Like, that's the, that's the event. That's the that, event. That, that's the event that you says... Know. You know. Connor. Yes. You know. Like, it just seems like it's working out in that it, way, it right? It's not seeming like it's working out in that way, DC. It just seems that way. Dana wants it to work out that way. He's back. Connor wants it to work out <laughs> that way. The world wants it to work out that way. Still it's Connor. the only way. It could work out. Yes, we still love Conor. You love him too, DC. I do, but it's UFC why you tried to force Islam into a fight with him. <laughs> UFC 100 had Brock. Okay. Right? Okay. With George St. Pierre and all those guys. UFC 200 had Brock. It was supposed to be me and Jones also, but it ended up being me, me, Anderson Silva, Brock, all these guys, big names. Yep. UFC 300 has to have a name like that. We don't have a Brock Lesnar no more. Yeah. So I think you have to have a Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler. Okay. I think Michael Chandler gets his shot now. Um, in the main event, boy, Michael Chandler will headline UFC 300. How think, crazy is think that? Think about Michael Chandler's run from in the Bellator, UFC. bro. From Bellator. <laughs> it's, been, it's been big fight after big, big fight, fight after starting fight. with Dan Hooker. Yeah. And, yeah, he was in a big fight against uh, Dan Hooker when he made his UFC debut. But in order for it to work the way that it's worked, it had to be a, a, a great performance. But he also had to jump on the mic and be Ric Flair. 
Yes. Right? You have to be able to lock people in because you only get one chance to make that first impression. Michael Chandler made that first impression, and he made it very, very well, very good. Conor McGregor will fight him. That will elevate him into a place where he's going to be a trivia question. Yes. For the rest of his life, who headlined UFC 300? Right. It'll be Michael Chandler. Co-main event, when I look down the line, I know that Jones and Stipe will not be ready. They can't, yeah. I do believe that whoever wins this belt this weekend will have to fight again. Mm-hmm. Leon Edwards or Kobe Covington mm. will then be available again, right? Because they fight in December. I believe it'll be one of those, if not both. The heavyweight uh, interim champion or champion, and then the welterweight champion will also fight at UFC 300. They love to put a lot of title fights at those cards. Yeah. And I, I believe that that could be one of those situations. Yeah, so I, I agree with you that it's it's Connor and Michael Chandler that fight as the, the headliner or co-headliner. And my prediction is Alex Pereira beats Yuri Prohaska. Oh, I forgot about Pereira. Right? He, he beats He's Yuri. not fighting Izzy again, bro. And him and Izzy, and <laughs> Izzy, right and Izzy comes oh, out of fantasy full retirement. <laughs> right? Izzy's not fighting until 2027, bro. That, first off, if he's not going to fight in 2027, <laughs> he might as well not even fight. Like, like the, the, we're going to get another Black Panther movie before that, bro. <laughs> Izzy comes back. Oh, man. That's because crazy. he wouldn't have to fight him at 185. Izzy comes back and fights, fights Alex Pereira, Pereira at UFC 300 at 205 for the that's belt. A, that's, a big, that's a big fight. You just made the fight card better. You are a fantasy matchmaker. But for Pereira to get there, he has to get the job done this weekend. Yes. Right? UFC 295 is from Madison Square Garden, and Alex Pereira will face the former champion, Yuri Prohaska. When you look at that card, mm. it was a, the card idea yeah. was Jones Miocic. But what we have is... Pereira versus Prohaska. We also have Aspinall versus Pavlovich at the top of the card. But the main event are these two light heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Yuri Prohaska, when he got injured, they told us it would be 18 months before we would see the former champion. He's done it in record time with how serious the injury was. He finds himself back in the championship opportunity. But he's fighting a guy coming up at middleweight that won one time <laughs> yeah. against another former champion yeah, 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 yeah. to become the UFC champ. How excited are you about this, Ryan? And I know you're picking, Pereira. You just said it. But we got two dudes that are just explosive, dominant, and unbelievable. You know, you know what I love about this fight most, DC, is that, like, these dudes are so exciting as fighters. Yep. Right? Like, Yuri's so unpredictable in what his approach will be in his attack, whether it's the striking or the grappling. And the, the level of power that Alex has in his hands, but also watching him fend off the takedowns against so Jan Bohovitz was extremely impressive to me. It showed you how much this dude can improve, but it also showed you how strong dude. he is. DC, like he's a mountain <laughs> he's a monster, of a man, bro. like he's a monster. And so, and so when I look at this fight, I think it's going to be Yuri being able to get through and withstand the early power mm-hmm. of Alex, but it's also going to be Alex being able to wade his way through the energy and attack yep. of Yuri Prohaska. And then what happens to me though is what happens in the championship rounds because the only time. Alex has been that deep into a fight. It's one of the greatest comebacks we've seen yep. against Izzy, uh, Izzy Ad- Ad- Israel Adesanya. But the last time we saw Yuri in that sort of fight, he's submitting Glover Teixeira in a fight that inexplicably he won. 
<laughs> and so, like, we've watched both of these dudes drag themselves from deep water and find a way to win. And this is so exciting. I think this is a toe-to-toe -to -toe fight, and I think it's a finish by one of these men. You know what's crazy to me when I think about this fight? It's crazy that I would talk about Yuri Prohachka and say that he has to be careful when he's navigating the striking. Mm -hmm. Because I think that Alex Pereira at 205 is so strong that he just damages you. Mm -hmm. He damages you with those short little leg kicks that he throws, where he never he never loads up. He damages you with the punches. He's he's just dude. Every time I see Alex, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Alex later in the afternoon, I grab his leg and he always goes, oh. Oh, he's all, oh, instead of going, you see, you see, he goes, oh, look, oh, <laughs> like this dude right here is from some mountain in Brazil, right? He's like different, right? But he's so strong, oh. But then I talk, when I look at Yuri Prohashka, he's so unpredictable, yes. And we watch Glover Teixeira start to fight him and really figure out Yuri in the middle rounds, and especially the fifth round, yes. It looked like Glover had him. But then Glover takes a bad shot or something, and Yuri Bulldog chokes him. Mm -hmm. One of those chokes you did to your little brother in the, in the front yard. And he choked him out. This guy lives the samurai lifestyle. He is as traditional a martial artist as you really will encounter. But in the way that he approaches the fight, he's much different. Yeah. He is not as traditional. Mm -hmm. He is more of a unique oh. type of challenge Think about like the, anyone. The, the Dominique Reyes. Bro, that knockout. elbow. Was like, nuts. And, and ended, too, it was thrown with no fear. He you does know, anything. Yeah, like, like those are the, the, the sort of guys that I think are extremely scary. It's you don't know where the strike or when the strike Bro, is coming. You know what's crazy? I got, I got, I got, I'm, I'm teaching you far too well. <laughs> because here's one of my points I've made for years, right? When a guy is free, when you go into an octagon and you're free, you're free to try anything. Yep. You're free to do anything. You're not afraid of nothing. You, so that's why you see John Jones on his knees crawling mm -hmm. towards people. Spinning kicks and yep. spinning elbows and jumping stuff. Anthony Pettis, when he did the Showtime kick off the cage. Mm -hmm. When those guys are that free in the octagon, they're scary. Yep. Yuri Prohoshka is free. He's free to try anything because he doesn't fear the risk or the result. He does not fear the consequence. He doesn't the fear consequence. the consequence. He that's does not what it fear is. the consequence yes. of what he's doing. And those guys are the ones that are so, so dangerous. But with, with Alex, he is very traditional. Mm -hmm. He's a kickboxer in the truest form. Yes. But this dude right here is so, he, his approach varies so much because we saw he can wrestle. Because mm -hmm. Glover couldn't take yep. him down. Yep. He can strike. We've seen him knock everybody out since he got here. Made his way in Russia. Fought all the best guys, dude. On the regional scene, he was fighting the best dude. He beat King Mo yeah. in Russia when he was yeah. a baby. Right. So when he got to the UFC, it was just all systems going. This man you know what 28 it's, finishes and 29 you, wins. You know what it's like? And, you know, I love talking about other sports. It's like watch, watching Luka Doncic play basketball. Yep. Right? It's a dude that's he, – he played basketball so long and he was so young and he was playing against these grown men that you think they come to the NBA and it's going to be overwhelming. It but it's not. not overwhelming. Nope. Right? Like, I've developed these skills in the fire. And that's what Yuri did. And so yep. he doesn't get in the octagon and freeze up and say, I can't try this strike or I can't do this or I'm not able to come back from this position because I've been in them already against people who are advanced at what we do. And I think that's what – you know, because when 
you guys are thinking a step, ahead, a step ahead or when I'm covering a receiver, I have a plan in mind based off of what I know about the game. Yes. He changes the game. Or his habits. Or his habits or his tendencies. He changes the game because it's not, it's not on repeat. You know, I remember, I remember watching, uh, I think it was Marquez, when he knocked out Pacquiao. Yep. You know, and him talking about Pacquiao would jump, load up, and he knew he had fought him so many times that that timing, I could go then. Yuri Prohaska doesn't, Prohaska doesn't provide you that. And you I that. think that makes it extremely difficult. It's switching stance punches. It's punching in the middle of a stance switch. It's ducking and spinning. Because he got Dominic Reyes with some stuff where it looked like he overextended he himself missed. and then yeah. he went bang. But, so, but the DC, what does or how does the layoff affect mm. the timing of those things? I believe that ring rust which I believe in. Dominic Cruz, he does not believe in that. And more are taking that, that thought process right now. I believe for a guy like Yuri, he has not been here long. So for him to have been the UFC champion in such a short period of time tells you how special a talent he is. Mm -hmm. But with him winning as he did, it was a lot of frequency that he was in the octagon. Mm -hmm. I believe that that consistency helped him to where he was able to get that UFC championship belt. I think that this layoff is going to hurt him. But for Yuri, it's got to feel like playing with the house's money. Yeah. Because he was supposed to be gone for another four months, 18 months. He got hurt last year. I mean, this guy has been, he's back in 15 months. Yeah. They were saying 18 months till he was able to do anything. It's going to be a long injury. So now he's back fighting for the belt. But I do believe that this ring rust is going to play a factor, especially early. Mm -hmm. Alex Pereira has been very active. Very. But, bro, how impressive is Pereira? This guy is fighting for the UFC championship a third time. Third time, bro. He's only been here for three years. He made his debut in Madison Square Garden the first time, landed that beautiful jumping knee. Yeah. Joe Rogan was telling Game me all over. this crazy stuff, bro, because Rogan at times can be a bit over the top. He'll say some crazy stuff, and I'm like, come on, Joe. This dude's telling me that Pereira's just the best. He's the hey, greatest. Hey, no, he's built out of a Dude, he's saying, yeah, he's, he's saying all this <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, he can't be this great. He yeah. does that, and Joe goes, I told you. And I was like, you're right. And then he wins the championship the next year. Right. Then he loses the belt to Izzy, fights him again. Or no, he fights, beats Izzy. He fights Jan. He beats Izzy. Yep. Fights another title fight. Loses. Fights Jan right away. And now he's back in the octagon. This dude has fought in Miami. He fought in Utah, and now he's fighting in November here in Madison Square Garden all this year. All in the time that Yuri's been gone, he has won the belt, lost the belt, yeah. earned another title shot, and now fighting for the championship. And that has to play a factor. It has to. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, when you look at the, the, the rest of, of this night, right, when you think of Alex... Pereira and what he's done. What else excites you about this card? Because I saw Tom Aspinall talk about um, Pavlovich and say he's the scariest man in the UFC. Dude, there are certain guys that you don't want to really fight. That's why everybody didn't want to fight Rumble. Nobody was like, hey, I want to fight Rumble. Right. Nobody wants to just step in and fight Derek Lewis because of the power. The power is dangerous. The power is this dude has won six by first-round knockout in a row. Yeah. That's nuts, man. You don't get to do that. You don't get to have quick nights every night. That's how dangerous this dude is. But I just told you that Joe would say me, tell me some crazy stuff. The way I hear Michael Bisping talk about Tom Aspinall tells me that I'm either missing something or Michael Bisping has seen something in Tom Aspinall that he has just not shown to everyone else yet. But you know what, too, though? When I watch Tom Aspinall fight, he looks so athletic to me. Bro, you know what he Michael so, said today? He looks so light on his feet. Michael Bisbing said today, I'm going to pull it up for you. Tom Aspinall floats like Muhammad Ali. Bro, bro, and, I mean, and, and, bro you can't say stuff and, like that. Hey, <laughs> now listen, he's, he's going far. But when you watch his last fight, right, and you watch the start of it, the way that yes. he was in and out, the way that he moved, the way that his body that, that, that he maneuvered around the ring and was able to use mm-hmm. angles and, and attack until he got to knockout, it just showed you it showed you who he was. And I think that's what he's going to have to use against Sergey Pavlovich, especially early, right? Because we've seen him, Michael Bisping. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know about moves like Muhammad Ali. That's <laughs> crazy. I'm not, not going to be sacrilegious. But how in the world does Bisping speak that highly about him? But then you say the same thing, Kanye. Yeah, but, so well. but, you, but also, too, and I don't know if he's gotten to watch Tom train. That's what I'm saying. So think about this, DC. Think about the things you've seen Islam do in training, the things Mm -hmm. you've seen Habib do in training. It's the same way with me. I watch Troy and Sean Taylor and all of these great players do things at practice that you actually just never have the opportunity to do in games or you're not free enough Mm. to do because of the level of opponent. and And I've told this story before and other people have told it. We're in the red zone. And they're running a post, right? And they're yeah. playing for the, the watch for Washington at the time. Washington at the time. They run a skinny post. Sean, they throw the ball too high for the receiver. <laughs> Sean jumps up, 
He grabs it with his hand like this, <laughs> and then he throws it over the goalpost. No, he didn't, Ryan. DC, if I'm You're lying. You're acting like Michael Bisping right now. DC, <laughs> DC, if I'm lying, I'm flying. And I was Come playing on, with Omar Ryan. Stoutmeyer at the time, who was like my OG in New York, and then he was my backup in Washington. And he was like, bro, that's different. What did, you, never, do, what did you do when he did that? You know, it's one of those things where everybody goes, oh! <laughs> you know what I mean? And acts like, like we had a rap battle, and yeah. somebody just dropped a dope bar. Or he's sticking David Patton. David Patton was a small receiver, quick, 4-3. It's one-on-ones. On one-on-ones in training camp, D.C., I go cover the tight ends. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm going to lock them up. Yeah. I know that. He goes outside. He's impressed. He gets beat off the line. David Patton is running. Mark Brunel throws the ball. He Sean, first off, he runs him down. Now, this man's 6'2", 230. He runs him down, and he slides his arms past the ear holes of his helmet it catches the, the ball, ball like this and pulled it back over his head and started running back down the sideline. So, so you see those things. And, and maybe Michael Bisping yes. has seen those sorts of things from Tom Aspinall. Because you know when I speak about Islam, and there was a time where Islam was not putting in competition what he was doing in practice. Yep. And we all talked about it was an eventuality until he's the UFC champion. Now he's actually putting it into practice and you can see how good he is. Yep. Maybe that's what Mike's seeing. But for me... One of the biggest issues in this fight for Aspinall is this. And I'm not saying he's going to get beat because I, I don't pick fights. I can't. He has to move. Mm -hmm. He has to move. He has to stay out of the danger zone, Pavlovich. But he's taking the fight on short notice. Well, this, is he prepared to fight like that for 25 minutes? Well, what I would do, right, is send him a bunch of quarters so he can go sit at the slot machines like he <laughs> oh did before goodness. his before his last that? fight when he that was, was crazy, in Vegas. Man. You know what I mean? That's the first thing I'm going to do. He's going to knock out Derek Lewis or hey, Curtis Blades. Yeah, hopefully he's going to be tired. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's going to be the problem. Like, how prepared are you to be yourself? Yeah. Right? We saw two champions take fights on short notice. And, and obviously, Tom Aspinall has had a longer amount of time to prepare. But when you're preparing for a man that's so dangerous, I think when you're speaking of the danger factor, right, it's, it, he doesn't have to be a better fighter than Steve Miocic. No. He doesn't have to be a better fighter than John Jones to be more dangerous yes. than those men. And I do believe that in that sense, from a damage standpoint, Sergei Pavlovich is the most dangerous man in the heavyweight division, especially since Francis Ngannou leaves. And so if Tom Aspinall does wear down quickly, if his legs aren't oh. underneath him, and this becomes a banger, that's out of his realm to win to me. Yeah, he's a, he's a better athlete. He, he seems to be more gifted because Sergey, I've trained with back in the day, he was young, he was a baby. But he's not the most fluid guy in terms yes. of his movements, but he hits so hard he can mm -hmm. just shut your lights out. If Tom Aspinall is forced to stand in front of him, he's going to have a long night yeah. trying to figure out. He's going to have to learn, he's going to have to answer some questions yeah. about himself. If about he that chin. Have, if he doesn't have the ability <laughs> about that chin. to move around that dude. Ryan. Madison Square Garden has provided us with yes. many great memories pull out my memory, in UFC my history. Book here. Right? So it got us thinking. Why don't we list our top five UFC and MSG moments as we head into UFC 295? RC, is your house the floor? So, is yours. number five, I start with. Daniel Cormier's submission of Derek Lewis. Okay. Right? Okay. Like I, I ain't gonna lie. I was nervous for my boy. I was <laughs> like, if the Black Beast go on, yeah, catch him. Either. He's in trouble, but you showed the championship medal, and you got him out of there. The Cheeto Vera knee of Frankie Edgar. Oh, my goodness. It's number four no. for me. The, it was the, the athleticism of the move, but it was the way Frankie fell. The oh, that way was bad. Frankie And Frankie froze. was retiring, He too. was retiring. It was like awful. That, like, uh, Connor 
becoming the double champ. Mm. Right? The pink, 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 that pink. That was a good one. Right? Number, number two for me was Gaethje Chandler. Now, Chandler Poirier was also a banger. Poirier ends up choking him out. But Gaethje Chandler was one of those, let's just stand in the middle of the octagon and nobody's backing down. Nobody's fighting smartly. Yep. Nobody's doing any defense. We're just going to see who's the tougher man. And unfortunately, it has to be Alex beating Izzy. Oh, wow. You're you number know, one. It's, it's number one for me. Um, I think it's number one for me. Remember I talked to you about your emotional connection to yep, a fight? Yep, yep, I had yep. an extreme emotional connection to Israel Adesanya. I had met him at that yep. time. He had sat down with us on the pivot. He was so gracious with his time. But I was also just a fan. Like, I loved mm -hmm. the charisma, the character, the person. And I knew the story. You didn't want to believe that this guy could come in and get it done that quickly. I knew the story. And... Yep. The fact that by the time he loses, I know he was winning the fight. Yeah. That's the difference, right? Yeah, it wasn't yeah, yeah. that Alex had dominated him for five rounds. At that point, it's just stay alive, yep. and he couldn't even stay alive. Yeah, that was a rough, that was, that was a good one. All right, here's my list. At number five, I'm going to use my, my fight against Derek Lewis because we took this okay. fight on three weeks' notice. We agree. We took it on three weeks' notice. <laughs> Derek Lewis was tough, bro. He would hit me. He, like, I had his leg up in the air, and he punches me in the eye. <laughs> and, like, my, I had a black eye, like, the next morning. <laughs> that was the second time I got to wear two belts across the shoulder. That was a good one for me. Look at my kids, little Dan, Marquita. Got to be in the octagon with Dad. That was a cool one, man. At number four, I'm going GSP beating Michael Bisping to become double champ. Hey, Bisping was dotting GSP Boy, you up. That? GSP? Yeah, Bisping was... Mike actually cut him up from the bottom with elbows. Yeah. And then George submitted him. And it was, it was not only... I want to tip my cap to Mike because... Mike actually got choked out and just went to sleep. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> that was Michael Bisman. Number three, bro, do you remember how feared Joanna and Jacek was going into the fight against Rose yes. Namajunas? Rose Namajunas hits her with the left hook. Bam! That was some greatest ever type stuff. Dog. Bro. Yeah. She was so good. And then look at our reaction here. When she drops her with the left hook, <laughs> jumps on and gets the finish. Doug Rose gets the win. <laughs> Doug Rose gets the win. Dude, that was a crazy night. That's number three for me. At number two, I got Alex and Izzy. Yeah. Because of the story, because of the background, because of him beating him in the way that he did. And Ryan, like you said, it's not only you that has an emotional connection. Everybody does. Yep. Because you see it in everything you do after. Mm -hmm. The reaction when you put videos up on your YouTube or anything, you see it. Yep. Everybody's tapped in and locked in because they know that they just witnessed something great. And at number one, it was Conor McGregor. For me, it was Conor That's McGregor. That's number one? Yes, bro. Because you know why. But it wasn't even a good fight, no, DC. but you know why? It was the first time. Oh, okay. It was the first time. Yeah. And I heard stories of New York City on that fight night, Ryan. It's never been that again. They said they had two blocks around Madison Square Garden uh, uh, cornered off. They had music blaring as you were walking into the arena. They had DJs, Irish music playing, yeah. uh, rap music, uh, Eddie Alvarez music playing. It was crazy. They said it was almost like you were at one of the biggest events. It's like when you go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And everything it was is that happening sort of around you. And that everything that's going it's on in centered. the city is a centered around yes. that. Yeah. And then Conor McGregor boop, boop. seemed to have the most dynamic left <laughs> hand of all time. Every time he hit Eddie Alvarez, who is unbelievably hey, tough. Hey, no, D.C., 
They didn't all land flush, though. But every time he hit him, he would drop it. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? It was the craziest thing. We had seen him hit Joe. He had always hit hard. Yeah. But it wasn't like he was just starching dudes. And then he does that to Aldo. And you're like, man, that dude got lucky. <laughs> right. And then he's hitting, he's hitting Eddie Alvarez upside the head. He just kept falling. I mean, Eddie running forward. Yeah, Eddie bro. falling sideways. Yeah, I was like, this has to be the craziest thing of all time. And look. We're not limited to just those moments. There are a lot of my honorable mentions. Dillashaw and Garbrandt, remember that? Bro, because it was just such a grudge match. Like, the grudge like match. see, that's the, what I'm talking about, about the emotional, DC. Yep. Us knowing the stories and Garbrandt having got the best of him in sparring and all yep. that, and then oh. you see what happens two times. Do you remember Co Covington and Usman, how good a fight that Boys was? Fought. Yep. Masvidal and Nate Diaz for the BMF yep. title to rock in the building. Poirier, when he submitted Michael Chandler, that was, that was another bang. Hey, them boys was pouring, too. Like, Poor Michael Chandler's face was the worst. And man. then my boy Chris Barnett, Huggy Bear, the fat oh, dude. Oh, bro. Big this When he came out. boy <laughs> right there. You know I love that dude. RC, Madison Square Garden is a phenomenal place to yep. host events, and I'm just lucky that I get to call them every year, but you know what time it is. You know what time it is. Let's get it, Jake. Yeah, let's go. All right, guys. At MSG this weekend, Jessica Andrade and Mackenzie Dern face off in a pivotal matchup between two top 10 strawweights. DC, tap in or tap out. Dern cements contender status with a win. Contender status, yes. but I think the division is, like, so deep now. Mm -hmm. You got Yao Shanan. You got Zhang Wei Li. Yeah. You got so many great fighters now that she's going to lead a little bit more. Uh, because she has lost fights recently, but she needs to win this fight and win it impressively. But I agree with that. Andrade is tough when she goes back down to 115. Bro, she punched so hard. <laughs> she hits too, hard, isn't bro. she? Like, she just walks through, folks. But I, I tap in that she becomes a contender. This, this doesn't make her the number one contender, but I feel like if Mackenzie Dern loses this fight, some of the, the shine has already yeah, worn off. That sure. they were trying to make her the next. She has to win this fight against an opponent like this so we can even start considering her to be back in those conversations. But when you have a champion as dynamic as this weight class has, it's going to take more than that fight. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> the best, dude. All right, guys, last week Dana White announced the December 2nd fight night card in Austin, Texas, and it is stacked. Darius versus Saryukian, Hooker versus Green, Font versus Figueredo, and much more. RC, tap in or tap out. This card has potential for card of the year. It has, it has potential for card of the year because look at all the fights. You go Brady, Gastelum, Figueredo, right, fighting Font. Font, the, the Wiley veteran. Now we're seeing Davidson Figueredo move up. But Dan Hooker, Bobby Green. Like, that's a fight that if they wanted to could headline a fight night. And it's not because you have Benil Dariush, who was just fighting to get an opportunity at Islam Mahachev. I tap in. This has card of the year potential. I mean, I'm seeing this for the first time. Like, I, I don't know yeah, when right. this happened. You I probably, you, this you probably put time. this up there. This is the, no, the only time I actually get in the meeting was when y'all did it on the pivot. That was messed up, man. <laughs> y'all put the damn matchmaker card. I tap in. This is a great card with great matchups that will provide fireworks. These are the types of fights yeah. where the people will go in there and they'll fight, and you know they're going to be fun. But, man, what a card. That's a fight night. Yeah. Dude, Austin, Texas is amazing. When is that December second? I might gotta have to make Dude, it down. Austin, you, Texas fights are. You probably not gonna call I'm that going, fight though. I'm going to Austin, Texas. I'm gonna have to go there. Bro, Season gonna yeah, be over. I'm going. I'm ready. I guess. No, it won't. It's December second, bro. Jordan's football season. Oh, I'm about to say what? what are they that bad? I think they're ineligible for both. Uh Herm left my people down bad. I don't bad. know what y'all is doing. <laughs> Corporate Jake. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg recently announced that he had surgery due to a torn ACL from MMA training. 
DC, tap in or tap out, we ever see Zuckerberg fight in the UFC. I'm going to tap. I'm, let me go. I'm going to tap out. That's why you don't play fighting. <sighs> right there. Like, people don't understand, DC, what it's like to train, not just professionally, but period. If you want to get seri serious about it, the toll that it can take on your body and the way that you guys have built your bodies up from being young into doing this. Y'all wasn't starting Facebooks, right, when y'all were babies. What y'all were doing was wrestling. Y'all were pulling sleds. Y'all were training, working yep. out. It's a different toll that this sort of work takes on your body. I tap out. We ain't, he ain't gonna fight no UFC. Okay. So I got a little bit of inside information there. Right? No. So I actually went out to Tahoe, California, to his house and trained him. And he's working. He's going to fight. That's all he wants to do. He Mark, just tore his ACL, DC. It's all he wants to do. He actually went and he bought a full-on cage. He was sparring in the backyard. So, he was working out. So what out. you're telling me is... He wants to fight. What you're telling me is you're a true company man. Now, no, no, he now, was fighting. He was actually wanting to fight, even if it wasn't going to be Elon. Dude wants to fight, RC. I'm telling you. You know what? That means he got too much money. He's too rich <laughs> and he's bored. Let's he go, man. Fight. Oh, guys, go for Jay. How about this? MMA taking up a notch with some sword fighting inside a cage. Oh, my God. RC, you tapping in or out on cage sword fighting? Man, I'm tapping out on this. And honestly, though, what if Yuri go do this next? Yuri gonna win that. Yuri gonna win that. Yeah, Bro, I mean, look at that. Why do it in a cage, though, DC? Well, it's dangerous. Yeah, you can. Sword fighting is dangerous to begin with. You don't need to do it in the cage because at times the octagon gets slippery. Exactly. Now you just slip <laughs> and stab yourself. That's bad. Yeah, I'm but not. But where do they find these, though? Like, where do they find these? Like, sometimes we look at some of this stuff and I'm like, man, where do we find this? Like, and why do people do this? And also, too, how do you learn you had this skill? Are these people that failed to make the Olympics at the Olympic fencing? The Olympic team is hard. That, that fencing stuff is hard. Yeah, maybe they wanted but to But you be... remember the checkers? You remember the checkers fighting? The chess. Yeah. You fight and then go play chess. Yeah, One, I don't, I'm not smart enough to play chess. It's so hard. And I dang near ain't sure I ain't going to fight you and then go sit down with you and play chess. But you're not smart enough to play chess either. I can't play chess. Yeah, we're I've tried, though. My meatheads. son is good at chess. They teach it to him in school. That's so, so smart. It's crazy how much they learn. That when we I did. Left, dude, when I left school in Louisiana, I wouldn't even put a space after a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, freaking Josh Dobbs, after he started at Min I mean, played in Minnesota this week, oh he was like, God. it's like I learned AP Spanish all uh, week and then went to AP French. I was like, that's what happens when your degree <laughs> is an aerospace engineer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because me, I was like, I ain't take AP nothing. Nothing. I, I took football. I tried to take an AP class. They said, no, Daniel, you need to be back in the class in the Butler building. <laughs> hey, this is Daniel Cormier. <laughs> I'm Ryan Clark. This is DC and RC. Catch us every Tuesday wherever you get your podcast or at 12 a.m. on ESPN2. Important friends so you can do cool stuff like hey. Ryan Clark I'm at NFL, NFL Films. Films see what's happening NFL my dog Films. inside the NFL tonight 8 o'clock <laughs>